I'm Sophie. And I'm Maddie. And welcome to Single Best Scene. A podcast where we discuss various television shows and give you our opinions on the single best scene from the series. This week's episode is Single Parents. Woo! <laughs> okay, so so Single Parents, ABC, um, wrongfully canceled. Uh, R.I.P. A big spoiler to anybody who was thinking about watching the show and they're tuning into this episode and thinking, oh, maybe I'll give it a try. Well, you should still should, but unfortunately. We needed you a year ago. <laughs> yeah, where were you a year ago? Where were you six months ago when the ratings tanked? Um, but... Yeah, wrongfully canceled, probably not going to get rescued uh, at this uh, point. I, it's, ugh, I was so optimistic because it's such a good show. and Well, and the creators are Elizabeth from New Girl and J.J. Philbin, who's married to Michael Schur right. from like The Office and Parks and Rec and The Good Place. Right. So I kind of Power thought couple maybe vibes. Like NBC would pick them up. Right. I was expecting like also like her dad's Regis Philbin. Like I kind of was just expecting, yeah. you know, a little bit of. Um, so why was it canceled? The ratings were the, bad. Yeah, that, just like yeah, they just got dropped. Like they just yeah, they didn't just didn't renew the, it for season three. Yeah, they didn't meet the like ratings threshold, and the first year's ratings weren't as good as expected. And then the second season dropped about twenty five percent, which is like pretty bad. Yeah, but um, I still think it should have gotten another season just because spoiler alert too, it ends on a series cliffhanger. They thought they were going to get a third uh -huh. season for sure. Well, yeah. because worse shows have gotten more seasons. Like, it feels, especially for, like, a, like a live ABC TV. Family. Yeah, like yeah. an ABC show. Like, give them, like, three seasons feels like the bare minimum. Like, it's either one or three. And after that, sure, if they get canceled. But two. Yeah. Who gets canceled after two? It's not fair. Although, it's better off <laughs> Taryn, oh, God. Um, Taryn Kellum. Kellum? How do you say it? Taryn, Taryn Kellum. Kellum? Okay. He, when he tweeted about it, he made it, took a jab at Netflix and was like, we only made it to, like, got canceled after two seasons, but we had 45 episodes or, like, in other words, 17 seasons on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, though. It's so true. It does feel like cheating that now streaming services can call eight episodes a season. Right. Like, are you joking? Although, I think a lot... In the long term, I think it's going to benefit everybody because I do think an eight-episode season is stronger because you don't have to be like Riverdale and have 45 yeah, or like, fucking things going on at once to get you right. 24 episodes in. I think that's why people like like Scandal's first season because there was no filler episode. Like right. every episode was like high energy. Right. That's the um, thing. That's, it's like, like filler jam. drama that we don't care about. Right. Yeah, I don't. It's, it's unfortunate. But this show used to air on Wednesdays with Modern Family and... Mm -hmm. Um, there was another one, another comedy, like 30 minute comedy that used to air. It well, was when like three. The Goldbergs. Is the Goldbergs. Days. That's it. That's it. That's it. Um, and so that's why, not to like jump ahead of you, but that's why I, I started say, watching. Why did you start watching yeah, the show? I started like, watching because I was a, you know, fan of Modern Family, although I'd probably stop. There was probably some crossover while I was watching this and, and single, you know, single parents and modern family at the same time i didn't pick up the goldbergs till later so it's not like i watched all three of these at once but i would have understood if that was a thing but you know i don't really watch live tv so right. um i love live tv yeah although once i did start watching single parents which you said i would like and i was really hesitant to watch it because 
I am not a single parent. So right. I just didn't think I was going to get any of it. Like I didn't really want to watch other people be single parents. It seems stressful and just not a world I'm part of. So I just didn't think it was for me. Um, but you were like, I am so sure you were pretty after me about it because even when you were like, Oh, give it a try. I was like, oh, I don't know. But I really enjoyed it immediately. And so I did keep up with single parents like week to week. Like I would actually watch it not necessarily live, but I did keep up with it. Right. Um, one of the few shows that I kept up with week to week. Um, so yeah, what was, how'd you start watching it? Cause you were the one who t- took a chance on single parents. Yeah. So I think it was like a mixture of things. One was that I was, wa- I was rewatching Gossip Girl at the time, I think. Mm-hmm. So Layton was just kind of in my brain. Right. Um, yeah. And I saw that this show had come out with her and I love Taryn from his work on SNL. SNL, right. And um, yeah, I think Brad Garrett is why I gave it a chance because I was right. also big. Well, then also girl. I just remember um, I had gotten sick and it was like during their season one, it was like a mid season, like it was during their mid season break and it was coming back. So I think I was seeing, cause I did watch the Goldbergs. I was seeing a lot of promo like coming back, you know, single parents is coming back, yada, yada. And then I got a, like a stomach bug and was home from work. Mm. And so I just watched it cause Cut I just time. put it on. Cause right. I was like, this won't stress me out. This won't do anything. Yeah. And I think that's when I texted you like, Hey, you should watch single parents. And then I think the next day you were like, okay, I'm caught up. There's a new episode tonight. And I was like, Oh, now I'm three episodes behind you. Yes. That happens a lot with us. Like you. Yeah. Like I was like, you might like the show. The jokes are pretty funny. And it's also like, cause with you, with your work being something that you like some of the freelance stuff you do, I know that sometimes you just like to kind of have shows on that. Yeah, I can so, work and right. um, Watch, have TV on. Yeah, right. yeah. So it, it wasn't, I think we were also both watching Elite at the time. So it was like that was mm-hmm. taking up. Mm-hmm. all of my brain power right because so, you, that's you have to watch the subtitles you can't multitask right right um, um this shows the opposite of that yeah no this is a great yeah when i was ugh. re-watching for the to prep for this week's episode in fact i had it on while i was um working so <clears throat> it's a great show for multitasking <laughs> hey listen i still got a lot of stuff done this week it was totally fine and i'd already seen it all so you know i didn't have to focus on it um but it is i was doing that during the day and then one evening I think I turned it on at night too and I told you earlier I had a hard time just sitting there and watching it it doesn't require that amount of attention and granted again I'd already seen it all but having actually having a multi-task thing is perfect with this show because it can just like play in the background and as long as you're listening and you can like catch those jokes um it's really great to have on in the background yeah so since you watched it this week what did you think of the pilot when you watched the first episode what would you rank it out of 10 i would rank it a probably six out of ten it was really enjoyable in that it made me want to keep watching right it was very kid heavy which not so much in kid but maybe just like parent heavy yeah you know what I mean like there was a lot of like parenting things going on which isn't actually how the show ends up being I mean there is like parenting elements of course but they kind of do adult stuff a lot you know Mm -hmm. they talk about dating they talk about running poppy's business you know like they there's other elements to the show it's not everything is just about parenting and i kept being surprised that the kids kept having lines (laughs) (laughs) which like is 
I don't know how they, I, don't, I mean, I don't know how they could have avoided it because they could not have the kids talk in that first episode because you needed to know, like, by the time we got to the end of it, I was like, oh, okay, so the kids are actually characters. Right, Like, right. this isn't single parents just about the parents. It's single no. parents and their kids. And I wasn't prepared for that because I don't watch any shows with kids. I mean, why would I? I don't, like, fucking watch Disney Channel anymore. Right, so, right. Like, it's not like there are ever children in the shows I watch. And they're not even, they're, they're eight or seven in the premiere and then I think they turn eight. Okay, yeah, they must so turn eight because I think they're nine like in season two. That would make sense. Aged kids right, too, they're elementary aged kids too not even like young. high school. Right. The youngest kid in the yeah. first high school drama. Um, and so in, I remember Lily, I kind of stopped watching Modern Family when Lily was this age because it was just kind of awkward. Like it was cute when she was five and just had like one liners. Right. And also she was the only kid that was that young on the show at the time. So when you're also having used to it, to buy into the fact that these kids are actors, which I think when you get cast as a baby and grow up on a show, it's kind of like getting cast in a teen drama and then be expecting to like actually act your (laughs) like in adult movies and stuff. Uh But I think because these kids were cast as actors, Actors, they weren't like they're all very good kid actors. They're they're, amazing. They sometimes like the joke delivery is always like, it doesn't feel like they're kids acting. It just feels like they know like like, should like a show. And the writing is really good for them. Occasionally it gets a little, cause you know, you can tell when someone who has, is right. Someone who is not like the, the writing and, and the character don't match up. Like this happens all the time. I think it happens with teen dramas a lot with women, like girls where the writing, you're like a teenager would not talk to her friend like that. Like that's just, this is wrong. Like a, like a a man wrote this and like older out of touch female writer, maybe. Mm -hmm. But like, I feel like, you can tell when you're like, this just isn't quite, but they do such a good job with the kids. Sometimes they're a little like Rory really gets more adult lines. And so does, um, so Graham. Oh, Graham does. I, I think sometimes it gets, a, it falls into a little bit of the like full house territory where yeah. it's a little bit like, and here's our teachable moment for the yes. day. But that doesn't happen every episode. Like no. sometimes the parents fuck up and it's fine. And the kids are like mad at them. And you're like, yeah, that was kind of annoying. Like I yeah. just watched the one today where, um, and it's, I, I think I talk about it, but where Sophie has a crush on Graham and will like mm-hmm. meddle so much. And yeah. I mean, we're not parents. We Right. don't have kids don't but it. even I was like oh this is going to end poorly like what do you how right. are you expecting these kids to interact their children which is like the teachable moment is that like mm-hmm. Will's like I don't know what I'm doing either right. so I, I do think that the show while sometimes it feels like the they're not acting their age mm-hmm. like Rory does get kind of adult yeah he gets a lot of adult lines things, but possible. I pilot score was seven so I'm right there with mm-hmm. you um I thought that I don't know if necessarily anybody would watch the show and think like I don't know how well it did like I didn't look into this. I should have like from their premiere week to how many people came back for the second one. Mm. Um, like I'd be interested to see just cause I think the qualities, um, all of the characters grow so much from where we meet them that yeah. if you didn't pre like Taron Killam, you might've found him annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, like his kind of overbearing dad. And if you didn't, right. um, that's just what I thought. But I do think a lot of people tune in for Douglas, Brad Garrett, who was previously mm-hmm. on Everybody Loves Raymond and I think kind of a, a fan right. favorite. Yeah. So that's um, kind of how you feel about the pilot. And I feel like, sorry to jump in. Like, no, no. Talking, but our listeners should know we started a new rule where we're not allowed to talk about the show yeah. before we record. With each other. Which is why we're having a little bit more of a 
It's why this whole um, intro has lasted 15 times longer. Uh-huh. <laughs> the I was like, dang, how are we still talking? And then I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, we but haven't also, talked at all about Yeah, parents. well, I also realized there was a lot of stuff that we just didn't talk about um, um, on Riverdale and Brooklyn Nine-Nine that we recorded already. And when we, it felt like a lot of those like loose end things that I felt right. like I wanted to talk about could be folded into this like pilot intro. And actually, let me... Well, and like I told you, I feel the same way, which I was like, we need to do a spinoff because this week I've like yelled at family members about the similarities and differences between Dan Scott and Hiram Lodge. So like, Mm -hmm. because now I'm like so in my head about Riverdale. (laughs) So it is really weird doing these as serious series shows and then like letting it go. Okay. No, I have other things to say. (laughs) Oh, about the intro for the show? Yeah. I was going to say, let me see if I have anything before you go on. Yeah, yeah. No, you tell your, but okay. So, um, Graham needing the scarf was oh you so have things perfect. about the pilot yeah yeah about the pilot cool 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 um no doubt. graham needing the scarf from his mom because like it's first day of school like the show starts it's the first day of school of first grade yes i think so i think yes, it's second because gra- they're in second grade in the second season first or second grade because i want to say the play was second grade the grease play oh you're right doesn't matter okay, pilots things change do. all the time yeah it was. um it would have, it's really too bad the show, you know, got canceled because they could have <laughs> done season one, first grade, season two, second grade, season three, third grade. That oh, would have yeah, been yeah. really cute. If it, if it was a 12 episode se- season, they definitely could have done that. Of course, I guess the kids wouldn't age that fast, but it's all kind of flexible with children. Who knows? Who knows how big they are? Um, okay. But Graham needing the scarf was so perfect. And like that and Angie not wanting to give it to him and mm-hmm. then caving, like that explained their entire dynamic dynamic honestly for the entire show right it was so smart and it didn't make me think Graham was a baby and it didn't make me think Angie is a mom who caved because she pushed back she was like you don't need this like you're either gonna make fun of you like I'm gonna see it's only six out like eight hours like I'm gonna see you soon whatever and he just like couldn't well I was Graham like I was a kid Graham like my mom (laughs) like sprayed her perfume on my pillowcase when I would like go to sleepovers where then she would pick me up Mm -hmm. The when same it was night. time to go to bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, So, like, I really related to yeah. the, like, you're fine, but also, like, fine here is, like, Fine, here you scarf. go. Right. If, like, if it's really going to help, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I also thought it was really smart just of the show to have Will be a new parent in the group. I agree. That was a really smart dynamic. Instead of having all the parents meet in the first episode, like, oh, it's first grade. Oh, are you a single parent? I'm a single parent. Like, we didn't need that. No, we no, didn't no. need it and they knew we didn't need that it was really nice to just hit the ground running and seeing these parents especially then in episode two with the grid where they have a system like they have it down right. they're single parents but they are not struggling single parents i mean they are but like they're like these adults have it together they're not bad parents they're like the kids don't struggle from their struggle right and the kids like aren't struggling the kids yeah. are already friends and they're gonna fold sophie into the group because they're young and it's fine and having will join and be the outsider i thought was really smart and also gave them a lot to work with as far as like we we all learned about will because they didn't know about right well and also we got to see because like i think we talked about like what we've thought about this is like it doesn't make sense that douglas would be friends with poppy would be friends like deeply does not make sense that douglas is friends with these people but it does because they all needed the 
it takes a village. They needed the group. Right. And so once you see the grid and you see how it pays off for each individual person, like Miggy doesn't make sense except he's a babysitter to them and then he gets childcare for his kids. So it's like right. you kind of buy into all of these people being each other's emergency contact. Yeah. It it makes more sense that Poppy rescued Miggy and Miggy is her subletter and Miggy needs babysitting help. Like I almost bought into Miggy being there more than Douglas though because Douglas, like yes, he needs them, but he's a rich doctor in LA. Why the fuck doesn't he have a nanny? It doesn't make any sense. And they never address it. Yeah. He would have a nanny. He has twins. Are you joking? He would have had a live in nanny. So I'm like, so team Douglas that like, I'm no, like, I don't care. I love I'm Doug- just glad Douglas. he's there. I love Douglas. I just wish they would have addressed, like made up any reason why he decided to not have a nanny, whether he just thought he was well, he too Tony. man enough. Ugh, Tony's incompetent. Tony's like, Tony doesn't. Great. I'm always like, afraid he's going to die, and then I'm like, oh, this is. It's the an joke. ABC it's sitcom. a gag. Yeah, I mean, right, right. <laughs> like he's well. I mean, yeah, like Tony, but Tony <laughs> never takes care of the girls. He takes care of Douglas. I know, but I think that's like the joke is that Douglas is so self-centered that like his kids are like the oh, this is perfect. They'll be friends, and right. like, I have Tony. Well, and it makes sense that like it it does like the comedy of it all is that the girls are just like Douglas they've spent a lot of time with them I just wish they would have like thrown us a bone with like literally any reason why Douglas forwent a nanny because it just it like the math doesn't add up I mean since he is there and did decide to parent them it totally makes sense why he's in the friend group but they just never really gave us a reason for that but whatever as long as you like swallow that pill down and you're like oh this has been reality and this is a tv show it's totally fine but and the last thing I thought of about like this show while I was watching the all of them, but you know, including the the premiere, is the concept of co-parenting is kind of new as something that we all talk about. I think, um, at least in the sense that maybe they don't like hate their step parents. They don't hate. They don't resent their like the that trope is kind of moving away. Right. I yeah. Like yeah. They, yeah. Yeah. Like you can be a single parent and it's totally fine. Like I feel like it's much, I don't, I mean, I don't really know. I just, it's more of a normal thing and co-parenting where it's like, right. Like you don't Sharon hate and Ron, your, right. Or like Sharon and Ron being yes. a couple and then Ron and Poppy being co-parents works. Yes, exactly. And it was only like a one episode and it was funny. It was like, right. Exactly. It yeah. Wasn't like we're going to turn Rory against Sharon. It right. Was, the yeah. kids aren't used as pawns. The parents mm-hmm. don't hate each other, which right. Exactly. You said it was like old tropes and it feels like we're getting a little away from that, which is amazing right um that there are like so many different like versions of what a family is and so i just feel like this show wouldn't have worked in the 90s right or whatever um so it just seems like now was it's time to shine and just didn't shine bright enough (laughs) i don't know i don't have a funeral Uh, for it after this okay so we can move away this is the obituary yes (laughs) So we get, yeah, if we're getting paid per word, we're not going to be able to afford to print this obituary. Um, okay, so comedy. We've said that a few times. What is your favorite bit or joke from the show? Or do you want me to go first? Oh, I can do it. Um, All right. So my number one favorite joke that always made me laugh out loud or smile, which this show does make me laugh out loud mm-hmm. more than any other comedy even the Goldbergs, because... I was going to say, are you, are you uh, shitting on our boyfriend, our joint boyfriend, <laughs> Jeff Schwartz? No, I love Jeff. But, like, Jeff Jeff is definitely... Like, Jeff and... We, we need to talk about the Goldbergs. Yeah, we, we talked about the Goldbergs. But I just feel like this... 
this cast is so strong. Yeah, there was no weak link, even the ones no you didn't No weak know. links, right? And everyone is funny. Everyone gets good lines. So you're mm-hmm. just never sure where the joke is going to come from, which helps, I think, because it's always like it's an unexpected like zinger. every time. Yeah. Right, yeah, exactly. So my favorite joke is the, or bit really, is the twins' carpentry skills. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Um, the shed. The shed. Like these girls, I just love that Douglas does not bat an eye at them being like advanced mechanics. Right. Like he's like, that's how all children should. That's right. How yeah. All of them are. It's like, they're amazing. He's like, well, you're never going to get a car detail like this one. Yeah. Yeah. He like, <laughs> like really supports them. I put a down payment on a crane, <laughs> like all these things for these girls. And, um, it's usually the C plot. Um, the twins very often get like whatever, or it's just like not even a C plot, just like a background thing that the girls are doing. Like they like put up with Miggy a lot. They put up with Miggy a lot. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's always it's just like so random, but so funny, and they're so serious. And um, but they don't, you know, they still act like kids, right? Right. You know, they yeah. don't make them pretentious or whatever. But I watched it while I was looking for. I was hoping somebody on the internet had put together like a compilation a compilation of the twins and their projects because that definitely could be done because they do so many so many things they were talking about putting in a jacuzzi um and douglas was like they already broke ground on the jacuzzi (laughs) like um but yeah their shed has like electricity and plumbing (laughs) um but i i could not find one um so if anybody out there can find one or has made one please like let me know because i would very much enjoy that but i found an interview with the actresses that play the twins and i didn't know i don't watch parenthood but they they were were in parenthood and jane the virgin and jane the virgin two shows i loved and they are very similar in real life i guess in the sense that they're kind of serious which is what you'd expect from a child actor honestly they are all seem always so like mature beyond their years but their interview uh i found this interview on a morning show and we'll put it in the show notes but they were really cute and seemed like delightful to interview. Like they totally like had giggles, but gave like nice answers right, to all right. the questions. And it was, I don't know. It was just really delightful to see them being interviewed. I was like, wow, they're like real little actors. And like the interviewers like asked them what their favorite thing about acting was. And they said things like, well, it's really fun to be able to put, you know, your own personality into the character. I'm like, holy (laughs) shit. Like they, they're adults. (laughs) They're adults. Like they fucking know. And, but it was really cute when they asked like where they see themselves in like 10 years or whatever. They were like, they both were like, well, hopefully directing a rom-com. Like, they want to be directors. And like, and my That's sister so would be in it. And you're like, oh, my God. So, yeah, they're really cute in real life. Um, and then I just wrote random one-lines. Um, I was not taking great notes when I was re-watching. Although I did rewatch most of season one. Um, someone at one point says, uno, dos, tres, Mark Consuelos. <laughs> oh, I know exactly. I just watched that episode. It's with Angie. <laughs> When she's like, I can speak Spanish too. (laughs) And she does that. Um, Also Graham's talent being lunch, the lunch guessing game, which was season one, episode 13. It was so perfect. I love that they gave Graham a talent because 
Instagram totally can be overlooked talent wise. Um, because it's sort of like, what does he right. bring to the table other than his mush? Right. Um, and so I thought it was really nice that they actually gave him a moment to shine and it was so perfect. Like this would be a random thing that Graham would could know do. How to do yeah. And it was of course and really he also sweet. Only knew how to do one. Like they, I wish they would have showed like one more. No, they did a couple. In the pre, before he went on stage. Oh, right. Like yeah, I yeah, yeah. Just did show, one. Like, I know. Have, we could have used more. I could have used like at least one more. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, and then another Graham line from season one, episode 21, uh, where Graham says, well, when we dated, Louisa made me carry a pocket watch. <laughs> So <laughs> that leads into my favorite bit. Okay, great. Because it the last line also is something she said, which I'll just like. No, no, you say you're a Louisa thing, and then I will talk. Well, about Louisa. Louisa in the background of one episode says, "In a past life, I died on a ship." <laughs> I fucking love Louisa. So she's played by this actress Ivy Sher, baby. Like I don't know yeah. if she's a child on the show. It looks like she's two years younger than the rest of the kids. So typically, you know, stere- like they would give like stereotypes, right? Like the athlete or the bitchy mm-hmm. girl or whatever. But like, which for they what- do with the bunny crowd? The bunny, but she's not even a main no thing. The bunny ears. <laughs> Louisa getting when Graham asks her out, <laughs> and she's like, like it was sitting- Valentine's Day, right? Yeah, and they're like, hold on, we'll go get her from her rocking chair. Yes. You're like, oh my gosh, this girl's so she weird. Really we'll put- I have commits to the weirdness. I have that clip. Um, oh, okay. that we'll put in the show notes too but we're because it's so funny and then when they start dating and Sophie has like a freak out because she realizes that she likes Graham yeah. and Graham becomes like John freaking Stamos oh and is God, such a so brat and is funny. such a like he's just such a dick to everybody yes with, like a puka shell necklace <laughs> and he's kind of going like full douchey Graham which is like right. still so funny but Angie's like defending him and he's like oh what so you're like you're mad that he's like dating Louisa like sure she calls everyone in her class citizens but like (laughs) I just think that they did such a it was just such a unique thing making her like old-timey yes like right like like, I succumbed to the flu I'm like you didn't succumb to like and on the sleepover when she gave them all like sleeping bonnets yes so (laughs) weird so that Louisa's one of mine and then in season two when Will and his girlfriend Tracy break up and he goes on the date with the super, super boring girl mm-hmm. who's like her hobby is like yarn. That just yes. like killed me. It's Darcy Carden. So yes, funny. That was the episode with Darcy Carden. That was so funny. And like, they're like, what did you, she's like, my name's okay. Like, like my friends call me okay. Cause like her act, like the acronym, I don't know. It's very funny. Again, we have the clip. We can put it in the show notes. And then my last one is Rory playing soccer because <laughs> he didn't understand it like right. i have like an interaction between him and will where he says where's the cafe yeah and will <laughs> says this is a soccer field and he says cute how you think that means something to me because like you really do just fully believe that rory wouldn't even know what a soccer field was right and then he's good at it right and he like kicks the goal and he's like did i just do soccer and you're <laughs> yeah. like oh the shit like, him, he's like ew get that away from me <laughs> and then and he, he goes uber competitive did i just do a soccer, soccer? <laughs> so <laughs> Good. So those are probably like, there's so many bits and jokes, but those are the three that I wanted to highlight. Mm -hmm. So it's a show with heart, I would say. What is one of your heartbreak scenes? There are quite a few. Like the show does like a hard moment. They don't shy away from it by any means. One of the toughest was in season one, episode 13, the same episode with Graham and the, because it's a talent show episode, but it's it's episode that Vanessa Bear, who plays right, it's Mia's Will's wife, ex-wife, right? 
she's fucking hysterical <laughs> and like put Vanessa so Bayer as a guest star in everything. everything yeah we neglected to talk about her in Brooklyn Nine-Nine which is a real miss because that's a big oversight on our big part. oversight on our part her character was amazing one of our favorites but she you know whisks into the show and does her whole humanitarian she's a lawyer right um, she is, yeah, she like, yeah, she's a lawyer. Oh, like, she's like a, a human wait, rights lawyer. Yeah, they've waited six years to get free. They can <laughs> wait another six months, I guess. Yeah, right. Exactly. Which like, of course, like that's really hard. Like how can you, how can Will like feel selfish or he does feel selfish every time, you know, he feels like he and Soph should come first. Um, but in that episode, when Vanessa Bayer gets the call or Mia, I guess when Mia gets the call to that she needs to be in Mexico and she's like, okay, let's go. And Will's like, wait, what? Like, what do you mean? He's like, what about me and Sophie? And she's like, oh yeah, you guys will just come. Right. And he's like, and you can just tell in that moment, he's like, she doesn't get it. Like, she doesn't understand anything about our life. Like, this is not going to work. Like, and because they were just giving their marriage a second go. Mm-hmm. And so quickly he was like, oh no, she hasn't changed at all. Um, and it's never like this is never going to change like it felt so final this like twist for them which is pretty impressive since she was only in like what two episodes two episodes yeah um but it felt like we all got a pretty good picture of like how the relationship was before the divorce and um how Sophie and Will like fit into it and don't fit into her life and that was really sad for Will and Sophie because they, and for us, who weren't going to get that much more Vanessa Bayer. Yeah. But, I mean, we knew she wasn't going to be around forever, but that was just really tough because it, you know, it was, like, so close. But also, I think anytime there's a, like, a near miss for Will and Angie, which happens way more than I realized upon watching, like, re-watching. Right. They have so many near like constantly like almost we're gonna almost almost get together right like are like is this gonna be the moment where they realize they should be together i thought every other episode like they really lay it on thick which really again leads me to believe that they thought they had like a six season contract (laughs) on this show and someone didn't read the fine print like they have more near misses than any other show i can think of except for maybe Grey's anatomy with gonna say what about what about early season bones Oh my more God. Than, more no, than, you're right. More than Booth and Bones. <laughs> no, I think she was doing, I mean, it's, it was very similar to like the new girl approach. The, and maybe the it's sadder. Anime. Well, no, okay. Actually, you're right. It's sadder knowing the show ends and we don't know if they ever get together and knowing that they do drag it out for two whole seasons. Although I am glad that they only had one of the couple, like with dating within the groups happen at once and Poppy and Douglas happened like straight off the bat. I loved Poppy. You know, I love Poppy and Douglas and I agree that they, it, would have been laying it on too thick to have Poppy and Alex get together at the same time that Will and, Will Angie, and Angie. Like if it was all new at the same time, I don't think that would have worked because like that's not what the show is about. Right. But like, also like what would Miggy and Douglas have done? Right, exactly. Like it makes sense that they drag or it out a little Mickey bit, done. but knowing that we don't ever see Angie and Will and they do just come so close and their timing is always wrong and it, it even in real life, it was sad to watch because you're like, you guys are clearly supposed to be meant to be together. But a lot of it was just like straight up miscommunication. Right. But anyway, what are yours? So I only have one. I mean, there's a bunch that like just kind of bum me out. But in terms of like 
Because, like, like Maggie kind of growing up bums me out, I think, a little bit because it's so relatable to just think, like, when you have a baby, then you kind of have to start accepting this new life. But the one that really got me was season one, episode 14, The Shed, where um, they find out Amy and Emma fight. And they have their big fight because they find out that Emma is, like, a genius, like a Mm -hmm. math prodigy. Mm -hmm. And Douglas has to, like, tell, like, parent them and also, like, be, like, y'all are best friends like you will mm-hmm. get through this like she thinks she's gonna hate her forever and it was yeah just, it was sad to see them sad with each other right because normally it's just like the twins are a team and that's kind of it right and like when amy like he goes to, to talk to amy because amy's the one that didn't test mm-hmm. like emma feel emma, emma's like i wish i was just dumb like i wish we could keep doing stuff right. together and douglas is like no like this is awesome and then he goes and he confronts amy and like she's like I'm just what did she say I'm a ding dong with the same face (laughs) like it's just so funny but like it's so sad that their identity was so together and Mm -hmm. then this test kind of broke them apart and then seeing that like they're just one's mathematically gifted and the other one is artistically gifted Mm -hmm. and them coming back together so that was the one that kind of just pulled on my heartstrings a little that it was sad between the two of them and sad for Douglas which obviously already shut on in the show writers we're never giving us a reason for him to not have a nanny but whatever they didn't he you also hear him admit he was like it was easier for me to to treat them as one child Mm -hmm. than to treat them as two because if there was two i was overwhelmed right like i couldn't cope with two different personalities and two different kids because i was outnumbered so i just wrapped them into one and always treated them the same as if they were one child and like that you know you we get how because he is the only one with two kids the rest of them only have all the other parents only have one right so you're like yeah that that must have been so hard again voluntary he could have hired a nanny but still like well, also, i think just like a different generation yeah that's true um okay so what point so we kind of both not we kind of talked a little poorly on the pilot so at what point like what what was your turning point scene when did you really buy into the show and kind of get fully on the single parents bandwagon well, I bought into the group's, like, dynamic, which the rest of it made sense, except for Douglas. So, I, I but I... I'm more by Sophie. But I bought into Douglas being just one of the parents instead of this, like, old man who has children in season one episode seven that's my turning point episode two what i think we have the same turning point scene the cold open oh no no mine was a cold open oh mine is later in that episode but that's so funny that we have the same moment so weird okay but okay so (laughs) i let me see if i can i'll send jake the clip jake our producer's here our producer jake Jake, have you seen the show i have not seen this show which is why i have not had anything to say okay you would like a Again, where were you six, seven, eight months ago? <laughs> but yeah, I um, sent her the clip. Cause that was my turning point um, too. I think it's this one. Okay, so mine is the cold open and the background is Douglas is in his uh, SUV and he's he's like running carpool. Yeah, he has so all the kids. He has all the kids in the car and like like all of them. And he they're all like chattering or whatever and he gets on the phone with, he calls Will. Will is dating Sophie yes. and Graham's <laughs> pediatrician and she's in bed with him when he answers the phone and Douglas says 
hey, I'm dropping, like, we, the day at the aquarium, like, we're, we're done early. Like, we're ahead of schedule. I, we're ahead of schedule, right? I.e., like, he was sick of dealing with them. We're ahead of schedule. I'm dropping, so, like, on, like, we're headed home. Like, I'm dropping Sophie off first. And Will is like, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean you're ahead of schedule? You went to the aquarium. And, and so, but the, the, what you don't see, because, of course, this is a podcast, is Will's in bed with the girlfriend and, he needs to like get rid of her before Sophie shows right, up because he hasn't told, yeah, he hasn't told Sophie that he's dating her and, but he doesn't anyway. So Douglas is in the car and um, we'll play the clip, but he, they don't say it, but he pulls up to the house anyway. He's like, it's too bad. Pulls up to the house and Will and the pediatrician are, are making out in the yard. Right. And, and Sophie's so, like looking down at a book, like all yeah, of the kids none are of the distracted kids, in the car. Yeah. The kids are distracted. None of them see. So then Douglas like zooms off. And so it was like in that moment of, of Douglas having to cover for Will, hovering for Will, a new parent in the friend group. Right. And just like getting it and being like, oh yeah, like this is like, I'm doing this for Sophie. I'm doing this for Will. Like whether it was conscious or unconscious, but he was like, nope, like we're changing this around. Like, like zooms off. So it was, that was what made me ban. I'm like, oh, like he, if he didn't give a fuck, he would have just been like, all right, Sophie, Sophie, like, bye. Like, so anyway, okay. So yep, Jake, you can play it. I'm dropping her off early. I didn't even say hello. I heard your mouth open. We're ahead of schedule. How can you be ahead of schedule on a day at the aquarium? Well, the fish weren't bringing it. <laughs> We've already seen you swim. Do something else. All right, we're done here. Can't you drop off Graham first? I drop off in alphabetical order. Cooper comes before Tomato. My last name is Banks. Well, you can't drop off Sophia. Because I haven't had time... To water the plants. Man, I can't water the plants when Sophie's here. So figure it out. Goodbye. I fooled him for an hour or two. You should probably go. Sophie's coming home. I'm definitely going to go. I don't like seeing clients outside of the office. You call them clients? But you're so good with kids. Only when they're sick and the power dynamic is clear. With a healthy kid, I don't know what to say. Mm. Sophie, I, I know we haven't known each other for that long. And please forgive me if this seems insensitive. But is it hard for you to watch your dad water plants? No. Next stop, your house. (laughs) Change of plans. I'm now dropping off an order of projected career earnings. Graham, since you're the only future white male in the car, you'll be first. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Sorry, everyone else. The world is an unfair place. (laughs) (laughs) Which is also one of my favorite jokes of the whole show. Like, gag laughing. So good. (laughs) I knew when you were, when it wasn't my scene, that it was going to be the, I'm going to drop you off in terms of projected. (laughs) Career earnings. earnings. So great. So so mine's from that same episode, which it's funny that we both picked season one, episode seven, because I would say that the B plot with Greece, while had its funny moments, I hated the Poppy and Angie and like the rewriting of Greece. Like I just didn't think it was that funny. But so what then, which is kind of perfect because Sophie set up my scene that made me just fully buy on buy in on the show, which is when then Sophie finds her earring and it's like, why is there this earring here? And he's like, oh, your doctor came over to tell me that you want to, and she like, it's like, oh, so I'm sick. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no. He's like, no, 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 you're the opposite of sick. And she was like, a lot of kids are the opposite of sick. 
which like Sophie's a lot funnier in rewatch than I gave her credit in watching it the first time. Um, and he's like, yeah, you won like the world's healthiest kid. It was uh-huh. called healthiest child in America award. <laughs> and then he calls Douglas. Cause he's like, I can't lie to Sophie. So they do this whole battle where Sophie's like questioning mm-hmm. Douglas and the doctor. And is like yes. trying to get in Douglas. Like, She's still, like trying to get them to crack. Cause she knows, she knows that it's fake. Well, I don't think she knows that they were dating. No, she definitely knew that but she did it. By the end of the episode, she knew that it was bullshit. Right. She was like, this is a fake. Right. She's like, there's no website for this. Right. But, and he was like, oh, of course it's a dot gov, not a dot com. But anyway, <laughs> Sophie and Douglas going head to head was yes. just so funny. We don't have to play another clip from the same episode, but um, we'll put it in the in the show notes. Yeah. But that was my favorite one because it was like also the beginning of kind of the Douglas and Will friendship, which while not super close, they are the fart like the most opposite. Yes, in terms of everything, and so yeah. anytime they have to do anything together, I think it's so funny because they both find the other one insane. Yes, like they, they can't believe they're friends with each other. Yeah, like they yeah like because. Kind of, except for Will, like, once I want to be around the Will wants to be friends. It's like they they parent their kids differently. They talk to their friends differently. They have different, like, everything is different. Yeah, so they have no common interests at all. Except for, like. Except for in this scenario. <laughs> dads. But right, even like dads, right. The, like, Douglas lying to his children is just so funny because it's not hurtful. Right. Um, so well, that and was, the fact that he, like, doubles down. Yeah. Oh, he, like. So good at lying, too. He, like, doubled down. So then they this is not my turning point scene, but just in the same episode when they go see the two person production of Greece, which is just mm-hmm. yes. Rory and Graham. Although I mean, and it's terrible. And it's he's terrible. like, it's wonderful. And they're like, really? And he's like, yeah, we'd love to see it again. He's like, I double down on all my lies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, can't believe they banned Poppy and Angie from seeing from opening seeing night. Yeah. They were their first, kids own yeah. yeah. Like that was, that was pretty mean, but it was to set up for the, the last bit. So. Yeah. Um, what were your best or worst B plots? Okay, speaking of, perfect, we'll roll right in. My least favorite B plot of this entire show was in episode season one, episode two, when Will was trying to be Douglas's friend. I hated that. Really? I thought it was, I mean, it was just like Will being so desperate in a weird way which you find out later that he has a great relationship with his dad. So it's not like he has like daddy issues. It, I didn't, I just didn't get it. And Douglas didn't want to be his friend. And Will was just like so desperate to like get Douglas to like him. And it was the A plot of that episode. I think even like, it was just, I don't know. I just like didn't I care I think they're probably it. also banking on their like quote unquote stars in that episode. Right? I mean, like right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it was definitely a lot. I really hated that um but uh i also i also really didn't like the mark and poppy ship that oh. happened although but it did give us a really funny rory it gave us scenarios which is should be trademark and sold should be trademark and sold so funny what an amazing moment it's season one episode 15 and it's it's a valentine's day episode i'm Yes. Maybe. Is it? Yes, it is. And Rory has them sit down and play scenarios, which basically, and all of his, I, I wish there were more of scenarios because like, I would have loved to see scenarios used again, like recycled mm-hmm. as a bit. Of course, you know, we didn't get that far. But right. <laughs> um, because the questions were so scathing and specific um like i'm pretty sure one of them was one of the like milder ones was if poppy draws you a bath what do you do right and the answer is 
don't take the bath. And Poppy's like, oh, yes, because I can't trust men who take baths. Well, and also <laughs> when they're like, would would you be mad if Poppy didn't go? Like, it was like the the category was capitals. And it was like. Um, well, her question was, what's the state capital of Idaho? <laughs> yeah, and she got it. And then uh-huh. his was like we didn't get to see the question, but it was, he was answering it and he was like, I don't get like, if my mom was in Tempe, Arizona <laughs> and or you, I was in Tempe, Arizona and you grandmother's funeral. And it was my birthday. Right. 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 Could it's Poppy Rory's go with birthday. You to the right, funeral? right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the answer was no, no. because it was Rory's <laughs> birthday. And right, he was like, right. even if I'm not, like, right. but you're he, there. Like, Rory's like you could have come. Right. So um, no, for sure. That was a funny little. And then my favorite, well, that was like worth, that was the ship that was worth it for me. But um, my best B plot was, which they kind of, I don't know if it's really, it's part of my favorite episode. So I don't know, but um, pretty much everything having to do with space camp. I'm just going to generalize my best B plot as <laughs> everything about Lance Bass Space Camp. Um, I really enjoyed that and it was so random, uh-huh. but everything about the show and everything that, or everything about that, that B plot and everything about that it like brought up in the show um, was great. I loved the specifically the shot of when they were doing the flashback and, or, you know, the beginning of season two. Mm-hmm. And Sophie's in space, like, quote, mm-hmm. unquote, like, and Graham is leading ground control. <laughs> <laughs> and he has those, like, Wayfair glasses on so and, like, the cute. button up. And it literally looks like he's a tiny child in Hidden Figures. <laughs> so cute. Uh, and he's, like, good at it. Like, he's right. good at being in charge of ground control. Um, I just thought that was really cute. And I enjoyed Lance Vassabee's camp a lot. What were your favorite? So my favorites were, so I did really enjoy Douglas and Poppy. Mm-hmm. Like I yeah, liked them. That I was thought a they were ship. a fun ship. Um, especially since I did think given that Will and Angie were the primary characters, um, mm-hmm. we weren't going to get them for a while. Mm-hmm. And I was okay as long as we had Douglas and Poppy because they, yeah. they were fun. And I bought into them. Like they did yeah, they work well. And it was never like, it didn't torpedo other storylines. Like it mm-hmm. wasn't, you know what I mean? Like it was always kind of just like a nice touch to every episode right um so then i have two that are like kind of similar but they're different one is when will and angie have to pretend to date because that was weird it was weird i kind of liked it because i just wanted to see them together i agree um and also kind of will's shattering of his parents marriage was yeah that was interesting like relatable but it was like oh it must be weird when you find out that your parents are people are different people than yeah that when you're right right. yeah um will just being too involved in angie's dating life like i never liked that so I... And he also never learned his lesson. He fucking did it the entire show. Yeah. Yeah. He did. Derek. Everything oh, with Derek. Derek. Did I yes. like Derek? I don't know. <laughs> did I just enjoy seeing Leighton and Adam Brody on screen Her husband. Together? Right. 100%. 100%. So I was like, I want more Derek. How can we what get What a gift Derek they gave us. On the show. Like, he was in way more in season two than I thought yeah, he was going to be. Um, I kind of thought we were never going to see him again. Same. I was like, oh, this is for like ABC did like a flash from the past where mm-hmm. it was like former stars would guest star on ABC shows. So I thought that he was doing it from his OC days or mm-hmm. something else. And then just obviously is married to Lake Meester. Um, but so I really enjoyed having Derek on the show. And then my least favorite of all of those, those were all, I guess like neutral ones. Mm-hmm. I would have fought you on heart of some of them, but I get where you're coming from. Um, would be Angie being bad at her job. 
Yeah. And Mickey being good at it. Like I did not like that Andrew's bad at her job, not because I don't, it's just not realistic to me that she wouldn't get fired. Like paralegals are actually like, it's like a hard job and like yeah. they, they're expected to do a lot of work. And so I wish they would have given her a different job that maybe made it a little bit more. I just don't enjoy anytime anybody on a TV show brags about being bad at work. It's right. not fun to watch. No. And it's kind of infuriating. Yeah. It was, that was weird. Well, I didn't mind that. Well, in that, in the episode where they, how she brings Maggie on, she just doesn't like being an employee, like in the office. Like she doesn't like small talk. She doesn't like blah, blah, blah. That doesn't, that doesn't mean she's bad at her job. It means she just hates her job, which was fine, but you're right. They do they do Later. too much on it. Yeah, they do. First of all, I totally agree. They do too much on it. I didn't really care about, like, they could have said, Miggy got a job at my office, and that's all I needed to know. Well, and it, I didn't need to see it. The biggest problem for me with her being, I mean, just bad at the job, not doing the job, hating the job, was then, like, Angie at work was a bad person, and we're about to do character highlights, and I love Angie, mm-hmm. and I think she's, when she's with the other parent, she's my favorite, and then Angie at work is my least favorite character on the show. Yeah, she's terrible. And, like, would it have killed them to, like, have her just be good at her job? Or just, like, it not be, like, we, it could have just been, like, she works in an office, and we, like, glance her the same way we do Douglas. Sure, or, yeah. And right. And the other characters, like, it didn't have to be, which I think is probably what they were trying to do. I just think, um. Well, because in season in season one, one, it wasn't that They bad. don't address it that much, and it's fine. She just wears, like, cute blazers all the time. Which also, just, uh, I mean, another selfish storyline that I truly enjoyed was having Andy Favreau back on my screen. Oh, my God. Andy Her Favreau. boyfriend in season one, Owen. So hot. So, so funny. Hot. I am just a big fan of him. So. Um, okay, wait. Before we move on, though, I mm-hmm. want to, well, is would now be the time you would want to circle back and talk more about Poppy and Douglas? Do you have more to say about Poppy and Douglas? I, I'm just curious what you think about, because end of season two, they broke them up. Right, right. Because she wanted to have Poppy a kid. like woke up one day and wanted a kid, even though well, her other kid is 10. She didn't wake up one day and want to have a kid. She saw Ron and Sharon right, doing it. Yeah. And it just, she realized that that's something that she hadn't given herself the opportunity to want. Sure, sure. So what did you just like think about that whole thing? Um, I thought it could have been a conversation more like it could have been more of a it seemed weirdly immature for the two of them to for poppy to just be like and i'm I'm breaking up with you it like it was weird that angie had to be like uh what do you mean you never told him why yeah i mean i think that that their flaw as a couple was the lack of communication about the big stuff like when he had a heart attack on their date and didn't tell her and whenever he hated sleeping at her house but like like that whole thing but wouldn't tell her like they're they were so afraid of losing the other one that they, mm-hmm. I think, it didn't, didn't want to have the hard conversations. Yeah. Um, and so to me, that just felt like they would have, I, I don't think Douglas wants more kids. He No, he's old. He's old. And also, he do, I don't think he necessarily even wanted the twin. I mean, there's an episode where Angie sleeps with his son and he's like 30. Yes, like he's he old. has an older yeah, yeah. child. So I just think, though, that like Poppy taking it not giving him a choice was not very poppy of her like it felt out of character for poppy especially to not say but i think because she knew what the outcome would be i mean yeah but well and i guess she did specifically say she wanted a baby because they could have like i feel like douglas could have been on board for like adopting a 
you know, someone closer in age to the twins. Cause like how, how big of a difference would that have really, you know, like made his life, but starting over again seems, and I totally like got where Douglas was coming from because he is old, but yeah, I just, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't, um, they're not like my favorite couple on this. Like they're not my, f- I just enjoyed them as people. So like when yeah, they broke too. up, I was bummed. I was also, and I think that this is, probably one of the more true to life things that they did. Um, I felt bad for Rory that he was losing like that Douglas, um, like the Douglas that he knew that was his mom's boyfriend. Um, So I think that though that's when you date, you have to factor in your kids' Mm -hmm. feelings. And I think Poppy also knew like, I want more kids and Douglas doesn't. And if we date any longer, then I'm going to get more attached to the twins and he's going to get more attached to Douglas. So I thought it was unrealistic and realistic at the same time. Yeah, I agree. Um, so your stats, who is your favorite oh, yeah. character? And I'm assuming you have an adult and a child. Yeah. Yeah. We should do adult and child because, you know, they are all worthy of their own. Like they're all their own characters. So my favorite child was the twins. Perfect. Love them. They not only do I love, of course, their bit about being excellent at carpentry, but they get a lot of really good lines. Mm-hmm. Like their lines are funny and well it's also like they somehow can make fun of the parents and the other children yes. <laughs> like they it's like they have no whereas like graham like the, they rarely make fun of the parents and the parents rarely make fun of the kids but somehow right. amy and emma are like neutral enough that they yes. just like roast anyone right. <laughs> yeah like teachers Mickey, right yeah douglas oh like angie they'll mm-hmm. like come for her they'll like give like snide remarks about rory yeah so they oh they're like an equal opportunity shade right machine yes and unfortunately like contrary to every all the trash i've shit on douglas douglas is my favorite character <laughs> <laughs> um he's my favorite adult um because he also gets really good lines right and yeah. he really contributes a lot to the group like there's i think his house they shoot, they've got to shoot it in st- like a super high percentage of scenes at his house. Right. Well, so it feels like they're just there a lot. Right. Right. And so he's, he's around and he just rounds out the group a lot. I feel like, and even though he and Poppy had their thing, like, it's kind of nice that like he, it's not, it's just a different kind of drama with him. It's not like emotional drama, like with Angie and Will's like erratic shit that he always has going on. And mm-hmm. w- he's just, I don't know. It's just a really nice character to have on the show, I think. Um, And my favorite relationship is Graham and Will. Mm -hmm. I love their little friendship. It's so cute. It's nice that it's kind of like right off the bat from the show that the two of them are so similar and have, you know, their little handshakes. And I know sometimes it like hurts Angie that, you know, now there is someone else for Graham to be close with. But it's always... It's, it's like she gets over it and we get over it and it just seems so beneficial for both of them. See, I don't feel like Angie was ever jealous of Will's place. I think it was Derek. Like, I think she knew that Will would never um, replace. The episode where she was going to have a colonoscopy. Okay, maybe I don't remember that one. Yeah, there's like pretty early. There's an episode where she, Angie's going to have a colonoscopy because Will said he was going to and Graham was like worried about his health. <laughs> I don't know, the whole thing. Maybe it's because it was early. They kind of like got past it yeah, and yeah. you kind of forget. But, um, and then my favorite season as season one, I enjoyed it more. Um, my favorite episode is 
season two, episode two, and it starts with Will's room parent freak out. <laughs> Will literally has a meltdown because he's not allowed to be room parent again because there's a new rule instituted into the school's charter that you can only be room parent every other year. And we also get Mrs. Prawn Stroller, the new like millennial teacher who sold an app. And so she's taking a year off to teach before she goes and does whatever. Right. Although I don't love her as a character, but, um, the introduction to her, how different she was. Yeah. 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 She, the juxtaposition, a new teacher, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I love it because as I said, I love the space camp B plot and you get a lot of flashbacks. You actually get to see the kids at camp, which I thought was really fun. Mm -hmm. And the Sophie will dynamic. I, also like always love because Sophie is such a good character she is funny um gets good lines she does feel what I can assume is somewhat close to her age where she's not as emotional as Graham but not as scary as the twins and not as just dramatic as Roy like she's a real like neutralizer in the group Mm -hmm. and so I always enjoy any scene she's in I love that she's friends with Angie and her the joke of her becoming an adult was after coming back from sleepaway camp was first of all somewhat realistic like I felt like yeah like I was buying into that because yeah if you have been living with your parent your whole life and suddenly it's summer camp and like dad's not around yeah you would like learn how to make your own toast or whatever like theoretically like for example right those kids weren't making toast at camp but you know what I mean and so but that freaking will out was amazing so well I so well and the twist of Sophie was the one that asked Rory to, and also it was just the meeting with Rory in the broom closet. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, I have a meeting with the line leaders in five, you have four minutes. Yeah. <laughs> like, so we got to see Rory as class president or whatever. And it was just like a really great episode for everybody. Um, my least favorite episode, which I added my own category for this. Okay. Was the Halloween episode in season two um where season two episode six very early for a halloween episode but the kids costumes at the beginning where the kids dress up as the parents hilarious Mm -hmm. the episode was all downhill from there like for me i hated every plot which has never happened i normally like all the plots or i like two out of three and i just suffer through the third one but i hated every plot here we go the A, I would, I'm going to say the A plot was Will trying to balance Tracy and Sophie. It's Tracy's birthday and her relatives from Poland are in town. Okay, so I didn't hate that one. When okay, they went to I the escape it. room, I thought it was so funny. Okay, I thought this escape room part was funny, but I hated Will's indecision and inability to like make a decision and be honest with Sophie and Tracy. I'm not going to say it was like off character, but it was just sort of like, why are we doing this again? Like how can like will not fucking learn? Like he doesn't like to lie to Sophie. So like, why is he, why did he lie to her about this? Like, why did he lie to her about like wanting to be at Tracy's birthday, whatever. So I just like hated all of that. And then I also hated the B plot, which was Angie and Poppy trying to be cool moms and having those teens at Douglas's house, which you knew was just going to end in a disaster. That was the thing. Their whole plot you knew was like doomed. Right. Right. And also who Will's plot you knew was doomed. Like you yeah. knew he wasn't going to be able to make that work. 
And then what I can only guess was a C plot was the kids and Douglas like trying to figure out who decorated the room, which I didn't care about. I didn't right. care who decorated the class. And then at the end, when the girls fess up to Douglas that they're the ones who decorated it because they didn't want the other parents to think he didn't care because he doesn't fucking care was sad. Yeah. So I was like, what even <laughs> happened in this episode? Yeah, not a great one. Not uh, a great one. Anyway, the rest of them, amazing episodes. But that one, I was like, no, thank you. But okay, give me your stats. Okay, so my favorite character for the adult. It's so funny we did this. So mine's Angie, and then my child character is Graham. So we also picked families, which is just interesting. Um, Andrew, Angie like solidified me as a favorite character when her and Douglas go through her budget and she talks about having a convenience tax. I've never related to someone so much on television. Like I also, I relate to Angie a lot constantly. Yeah. I'm always like, I think I'm an Angie and well, I think I'm an Angie will. So I'm a Graham, I guess. Um, and then Graham is my favorite child just because when he, um, and it's in my favorite scene, but when he gets mad and like speaks in Italian, it's so funny when he's too mushy. It's so like Graham just rarely does anything that makes me not like him. Mm -hmm. Like every episode, Graham's my favorite part. <laughs> um, my favorite relationship is Angie and Will. I watch things to ship them. So like you know. just wanting them to be together. Also, as you've said, and I've said, Angie and Sophie have a cute friendship. Will and Graham have a cute mm -hmm. friendship. It would have been really fun to see them as like a family, a family. unit. Yeah. Um, so that's why I, you know, just still wake up mad that the show doesn't exist anymore. Um, I think my favorite season was one. It's just the one that I think had the most consistency for mm -hmm. me. Yeah. Um, except when I was doing this research, I did realize I, a lot of, in my head, they're just one big season. Yeah. Um, and then my favorite episode, we've touched on it a little bit, is season one, episode 12, all aboard the two-parent struggle bus. So it's the first one where Mia shows back up. Mm. I loved that episode. I thought it was so funny when she meets all of the parents for the first time and gives all of them compliments <laughs> and then looks dead ass at Angie and says, hmm, I pictured you taller. Like what a weird fake, not an insult. Um, shade. The shade. Like it's like, yeah. And then I was so nervous because I did think I had realized in this episode that I was like, fuck, I want Angie and Will to date. Like mm -hmm. I'm actually right. not projecting. They're giving us hints that this is going to happen. Mm -hmm. So I was really nervous when Will's ex-wife was showing up oh, and then right. it was Vanessa Bayer. So I was like, well, I don't care either way. Kind Brilliant of like with casting. Layton where I'm like, well, if she's going to date Derek. Right. At least it's Adam Brody. Um, <laughs> so the episode was just so funny. And then it was like Sophie's birthday party and she ate too much sugar. Oh God, and like, she yeah. was having like a British tea party cause she wanted right. to be a grown up. Just overall, the whole episode was very funny and um, yeah, big fan. Yeah. So what is your, the thing that everybody listens to this mm -hmm. for? Your single best scene. All right. So, of course, I always like to cheat this category. Yeah. You, Sorry. I always do you it. You set the templates and then you cheat. I know. I, you know, got to make the rules so you can break them. Um, well, the what I actually think is the single best scene, I realized when I rewatched it was not important enough, it felt like. Okay. Because it requires very few. It has very few characters and is so short. I thought there was more to it. But my I'm sitting on the edge of my seat. I know. What, my uh, what are you describing? Is season two, episode three called Derek Sucks. Okay. Okay. And um, basically the premise of this is Derek responds. Okay. Angie sends 
Derek this her angry email over the summer. She spends all summer writing it, sends it off, and he doesn't respond. Well, he eventually responds in season or in episode three by showing up at her door. Right. And this really throws Angie for a loop. She freaks out. She runs over to Will's, of course, and Miggy and Will are there <laughs> building a castle. And so she's like, you guys have to come over to the house with me. Like, you need to be my buffer because I, like, still want to, like, have sex with him. It's Adam Brody, everybody. It's Adam Brody. Right, right. So um, so they're all in Angie's living room. The Will and Miggy are sitting on the couch, and Angie and um, Derek are standing, and Derek is, like, apologizing. Mm -hmm. And I'll just have Jake play the audio clip. (laughs) Um, It's another one where I just, like, got laughed out loud. Like, I was like, oh, my God. I'm sorry I barged in. I just felt like I needed to make a grand gesture. So I wrote you a song. You can go now. What? Absolutely not, Angie. You are too emotional to think. You can't talk to her like that. She asked me to say this. No, I get it. What? Don't believe her. I think we need to believe women. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. It's 2019. This is why women need male allies, right? Yeah. I am an ally. I am the father of a daughter. Wow. Oh, this is sad, man. Like, I'm so embarrassed for you. She's asking you to leave. Come. Miggy, come with me. I'm leaving with him, but I don't support beliefs. <laughs> there is no way that that man wrote Hey Soul Sister. Anyway, that's the whole scene. Love the train reference at the end. I know, right? Um, yeah, that's the whole scene. Um, which, when I rewatched it, I was like, okay, that was way shorter than I thought. Of course, at the very end of the episode, um, as Derek is being like back on the bus, he, like, says something over his shoulder at Will about, like, you know, good luck minimizing women or something like that. And then Will is, like, as the credits start rolling, he's, like, screaming after the bus about how he started a feminism group in high school called, like, why, 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 like, something, something is, like, a chromosome joke. <laughs> and, like, because, uh, of course, like, Will is not, like, yeah, he's, you know, he, he has an ally. And so it was just so funny for, like, that scene to just, like, turn and be, like, we need to believe women. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you're just, like, oh, my it's God. It's, like, when you want to win an argument, but you don't have any, like, access. Yes. So you just, like, play your trump card. Yeah. Like, here we go. Right, right. No, it was just, and it just so caught me off guard. I thought it was brilliant. But I guess my actual single best scene is that I think, like, because if you're going to watch the show, I don't necessarily need to think you need to like, watch the show for that moment, obviously. Right. But I do think you need to watch it for catch up the episode. It's like the season one finale when Angie and Will go and confront Derek right, at Fatso's. And I mean, obviously their whole plot that, I mean, I didn't really care for the beginning when Angie was, like, going to go back and get Graham from camp. But when they get to Fatso's, first of all, I just love the Fatso's joke of it being, like, every cuisine. Right. Um, Parks and Rec did this joke as well. Every time they joked about the townspeople, basically, and, like, they're, like the soda being so big, the- like, three gallons or whatever. Like, right. that kind of that kind of, like, making fun of Americana, like, I always think is funny. So I really enjoyed that. Um, the fact that he had to order the whole menu because Angie couldn't 
commit to being like pulled through the line. Um, also thought was amazing. Um, but like the scene where Will has a meltdown at Derek and does the fry metaphor, which like I didn't totally care for, but like <laughs> it was like seeing Will so like blatantly defending not only Angie, but Graham. Right. Right. Like he is there to like, not avenge the two of them, but like as they're someone who loves them, so angry at this guy who didn't care to be a part of their life. And it just really was, um, will being like more outwardly protective of the two of them which of course we do the will they want they all season so we're it's sort of like an indirect way of seeing him stand up for their relationship um and it also is just like very funny to see chase them around the car like as well as like Derek actually seeing Angie and being like oh my god like it's you right. um and her hiding in the back of the car like the whole thing it was, and of course, like getting to actually see um, Lee and Adam, Adam Brody, <laughs> yeah. like do their little scene. Um, so that was also like such a great treat. But um, yeah, that was just such, such a good scene. And um, yeah, I think that's, that is, I think the single best scene of the show. Yeah, I, um, I don't disagree with you. I was telling you um, about when they did interviews, they did, you know, some entertainment tonight or whatever went on set when Adam and Leet were filming together and they were like, you're giving fans like the, uh, the crossover they always wished for. Like, aren't you, how excited are you that like Seth from the OC is going to interact with Blair from Gossip Girl? And you can just tell they both hate talking <laughs> about Gossip Girl and the OC because Andrew or Leighton was like, I think people are just really excited to tune in and meet Angie's ex-husband. I know that's what I'm excited for. And like, I was just deflect, like, deflect, oh, y'all just hate talking about right your past shows but anyway my single best scene okay jake do we have a drum roll yet <laughs> mine's more important it gets a drum roll <laughs> mine is one that i found on the youtube Ooh. so the quality won't be recorded mm -hmm. but to <laughs> prep it for a little for a second it is the season two episode 17 okay uns, uns, uns is what it's called okay and it's when will it's just a kind of to me picture perfect will and graham's friendship and how they're both too emotional like not too emotional but they're both the mush oh okay and this is not one that i rewatched. this is my favorite scene mm, that's really good that man's still staring at us should we call a grown-up i got this so it's will staring at graham on a date because they're freaking out taylor oh is that her name yeah, I wasn't introduced. Cut it out. I will not cut it out. This was supposed to be our night. Yeah? Well, I just see about a girl. Wouldn't get it. <laughs> I wouldn't get it? As a good will myself, I completely get it. I'm just surprised you would stoop this low just to break your dry spell. My dry spell? Yeah, I said it. Last year at this time, you were on fire. Bunny ears, Louisa, my daughter. <laughs> and from all the texts Lance sent me, sounds like you cleaned up at space camp. But so far in second grade, Goose egg. Don't take it out on me because my mom has someone and you don't. Meanwhile, your boy's having an older woman feed him mozzarella. Ugh, Graham, <laughs> we get it. You're Italian, like one-eighth of most of us. You should request the restaurant they me do all ago. That's Italian for leave this restaurant, weatherman. Nothing would make me happier, but I can't because you're nine and that's not cool. Just go. 
Fine. You do you. I will go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'll just go. Watch me how I go. Anyway, so that is my personal favorite mm. moment from the whole show because yeah. I just love their dynamic together. I think they're so funny. Mm-hmm. I think they fight like adults and yes. Will has to constantly remind himself that he's nine. Like yes. that he's like, and you're only nine. Like, but I think Will also fights low. Yeah. You know, I feel like they meet in the middle. They meet in the middle. So that was just, I mean, it's so silly and I think it's hard to pick a best scene from something that's intended to just be something that's feel good. But um, I think I remember texting you after this episode and being like, I love Graham so much. Mm-hmm. But he gets mad and speaks in Italian. And then just like, they're fighting because like they miss each other and also both mm-hmm. want love, right. which is so just funny Peak to me. them, right? Yeah, yeah. Peak Will and Graham. And I we get it. You're Italian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> funny. Um, okay, so as we close out every podcast, mm-hmm. what is your recommendation this week for our listeners? My recommendation is another TV show that is reality, so we're not going to cover it, um, but it's called We're Here, mm-hmm. and it's on HBO, and it is sort of like Queer Eye. Like, if you already like Queer Eye, you're ready to go on uh, We're Here. It is a la Queer Eye in the sense that it's coming to a small town in hopes of maybe normalizing the LBGTQ normalizing the LBGTQ plus community and you know increasing exposure and you know maybe highlighting a little bit that or showing physically showing that we're not as different as you know everyone maybe might think especially in um, a less liberal part of the country, which is most of the country. <laughs> and it's just, you know, a fun show. Yeah. Okay, what's your recommendation? So my recommendation is something that I got really into this week, like okay. listened to when I wasn't prepping for this, which is the Las Culturistas podcast, which is hosted by Bowen Yang and Matt Rogers. And it's just fun. They like deep dive depending on kind of like how the host however the host is quote unquote famous or being interviewed they like really get niche with them so like Ben Platt was on and they did like real real niche Broadway stuff and they had um, two former head writers from SNL and talked about the SNL stuff and so it's just been really fun to kind of hear two people who are so passionate about um, kind of culture in a way that I think we are and Mm -hmm. I am especially you know like I am as well like just um, I mean, really mainly you, let's yeah. be clear. You <laughs> I carry like, the I, torch. I care a lot about culture, but like, it is funny cause they'll do things like when was the first time you realized you like liked culture and it'll be someone like ace of base. I saw the sign and they're like, interesting. Why is that your <laughs> like turning point of it? So, um, lost culturistas heavily, like I just highly recommend it. So uh, that comes, we're now at the end of the show. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. This podcast is produced by myself, Sophie Orlich, with help from Jake Orlich. No relation. Maddie Line is my favorite co-host, and our lovely theme song is by Chandler Reeves. For news and updates, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at singlebestscene, or check out our website at singlebestscene.com. If you've enjoyed this episode, and especially if you're one of our actual friends, make sure you're subscribed to the pod and drop us a five-star review. We deserve it. Autoplay next episode.